You want to learn how to be unapologetically you and build a powerful personal brand that just feels aligned with 100% of who you are? Well, there's a new trend in digital and social media that we're all striving for, and it's authenticity. And even though it's become quite the buzzword, it's actually so true. Getting to the truth of who you are, translating that into your personal brand can be a really challenging journey. And this is where my guest today is going to sort this out for you because she's on a mission to debunk the perception that personal branding is an act of vanity. And that in fact, when done right, it's an act of service, social responsibility, and a positive investment toward a positive future. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about, so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you, and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Jessica Spig is the CEO and founder of the Simply Be Agency, host of the Simply Be podcast, and the author of Be, a no-bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. If that sounds good to you, then you're going to love this episode because Jessica is just a true light. We talked about what does true authenticity mean, how to find it within yourself and translate it into your personal brand. We talked all about the power of the personal brand, how to market your true self in the digital world, and how to feel worthy in your life and career. We then went into how do you show up on social media in a way that works for you and helps your business. And particularly, we dove into Jessica's love for the power of LinkedIn as one of those networks where you get to really, truly build authority and credibility. And we finished off by talking about how do you scale to seven figures in business as a female entrepreneur, how Jessica has done that and some tips for you on doing that for yourself and a few little treats on personal branding from her book. So I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. Jessica Zweig, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. It's so good to have you here. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about what we're going to cover off on today. Honestly, these are all the sort of talking points that I think I discuss all the time with my clients and often am asking the question to myself. Even after 11 years of entrepreneurship, I think this is really important. But first, before we dive into that, I'd love to know how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. You know, I would say that it it just comes down to remembering my value and my worth and that I inherently have worth and value, not based on what I do or how much money I have or what I look like, but that my pure existence is my inherent value. And when I really remember that and I show up in alignment to that and I ground into that, I think people can feel that. And, you know, there's that famous Maya Angelou quote, like people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And Mm -hmm. I have really become, I'm on a spiritual journey. I know you know that about me and I've become more and more attuned to energy and, you know, empathic as I've gotten older. And when I can really meet people where they are with their authenticity, with their essence, when they're 
with their existence, I'm really able to see that in people. That's kind of a superpower of mine. And when I operate from that place of true service in their highest good, people can feel that. And that's at the end of the day, what people I think really do pay me for. You know, it's not just for the brand messaging and the platform and the strategy and the social media, blah, blah, blah. It's really for the permission to be who they are in the world. And I think I have a gift to do that, to let people like off the hook of their own self-limiting beliefs. And that's, you know, how I, I make my living really. Mm -hmm. So I I think I I hope that ends Yeah. 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 I'd actually really like to touch on that because I don't think I'm the same level of far along the track as you are in terms of that spiritual enlightenment and just really understanding that. But definitely as I've gotten older, it's become more important to me and I've been creating my own rituals and practices and learning more around everything to do with meditation and yoga and just understanding limiting beliefs and psychology behind it and just, yeah, actually looking at the different levels. And I'm curious about what set you on that path or when you noticed it more. Do you and the second follow-up question to that, so I just have to ask is, do you think there's a certain point or a certain age where it becomes more important to tap into that, where you're sort of moving out of your own ego, maybe a little or out of those things and looking at a bigger picture and the, the bigger worldview where you start to step into it? You know, I say often, and I believe this to be true, that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings, in fact, here having a human experience. And so every part of our life, whether it starts in childhood or when we're in high school or when we become adults, you know, I think we're set on this path to actually remember that fact that we're not humans having spiritual experience, but we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think that, and I can only really truly speak actually for myself, but the the moments of acceleration into that awareness, into that deeper sense of knowingness that I am there's more to this game called life. Like there's something else going on here has really been shown to me in my rock bottom moments in the toughest, most brutal heartbreaks, failures, when my heart has been shattered on the floor in a million pieces, when I've lost, when I've gone broke, when I've gotten my heart broken, all of those moments, you know, when I've experienced death, like from people I love. Right. So I think those are the moments where I've been catapulted into a a different level and a deeper level of my spiritual awareness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, that's not to say like you have to go through a lot of dark and heavy things to have a spiritual life at all, but that's just been my journey of, of acceleration. I mean, it's funny. I was born and raised Jewish and I was, you know, I was about mitzvah and we did the Holy holidays and it was this thing I did that my family, you know, made me do. And I'm still very much, identified as a Jewish woman and those traditions are a part of my identity. However, I never really connected to God according to what I was being told by my rabbi. Like it never really computed until I was actually 18 years old in the middle of Ireland in a chapel that was, you know, from the 1500s with stained glass images of Christ and the angels. And I was, you know, just popping in as a tourist And I had never stepped into a church in my life at that stage. I'd only been in synagogues. And I felt the spirit of my recently deceased grandmother who had come to me in that moment to tell me she had been looking out for me while I was traveling through Europe. And that was my aha moment. And one of the first few aha moments is that like every house is a house of God and we all belong to it. It's it's all the religions point. So I believe the same universal truth, which is love and, you know, love of 
humanity, love of ourselves and love of being alive. And so ever since then, in fact, to answer your question, that was probably one of the first moments that was really an accelerated moment. And I was just coming off the death of my grandmother. I was going through a horrible heartbreak. It's why I was in Europe to kind of get away (laughs) and was really, you know, finding myself for the first time. And, you know, it's been a journey to go deeper and deeper and deeper ever since. Yeah, beautiful. You actually reminded me of a moment. I think there's something about those European churches that's steeped in history and spiritualism because I had a similar experience in the Sacre-Cœur in Paris where I had been into so many churches by that stage because I had been traveling a lot. But there was just something in that moment where I lit a candle there and just had this really profound experience. And I was like, oh, actually, it was really nice when you were talking because it took me back to that moment, Um, which is really interesting. There's a lot of power that's held there when a lot of people are sharing their beliefs and wisdom and wishes and desires and love. So I guess what I'd love to follow on with that is how has that experience throughout your life and, and a lot of those moments, I'm sure, led you into your true authentic self and what you do for others now around finding the power of the personal brand and being unapologetically you. I'd love to know yeah. through that transition, how you got into that business. And then I'd love to talk about how we could do that for ourselves. Yeah. So the long story short is, you know, I went on to be an entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 26 years old and it was an online magazine for women in the city of Chicago. We were the largest online platform for women. We reached a hundred thousand local readers all organically. We covered nightlife, fashion, fitness. It was like a very popular lifestyle magazine in the city for seven years. And that was really my first venture into entrepreneurship, made a ton of mistakes, you know, grew this very big platform and everyone thought it was really sparkly from the outside, which it was. But from the inside out, it was kind of a a mess. Like we, you know, we didn't have our financials together. We didn't know how to lead. You know, there was just a ton of dysfunction in the way that we were operating the business. And and super refreshing you know, to hear, by the way, because I think <laughs> there's a lot oh, of businesses yeah. out there that look so sparkly from the front and they're a mess behind. So just for people listening, well, no, you're not alone. Totally. <laughs> exactly. And and that's just it. You know, that's just it, Natalie. Like, that's partially why I do what I do now, because while I look back at that seven-year chapter of my life, which was an amazing ride, you know, I, I learned so much. I grew my network. I I got to really master digital marketing, working with these mega brands that were advertising and sponsoring our platform, all the things. But I was so inauthentic. I was so out of alignment, right? What you saw on the outside was the opposite of what was going on in the inside. And it literally was making me sick physically, mentally, emotionally, to the point where I had a a full-on nervous breakdown at the end of that chapter. And I, I decided I needed to leave because I was so clear that I wasn't in my truth. I wasn't really doing what I was supposed to be doing. And as anyone listening that is entrepreneurs, which I know you have an audience of, your business is you. It's not a separate entity as innate to you as your hands. So when you decide you don't want to do the business that you built anymore, it's like cutting off your hand. It's like, it's it's hard to (laughs) process that, right? Mm -hmm. Separate your identity from it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's your entire identity. And that was a very hard lesson for me to learn was just how, how much my ego, you know, talk about identity, how my ego was caught up in this perception that people had of me as this popular magazine founder and this girl about town. And by the way, I was a super big nerd in high school and middle school. So like becoming a cool girl in my late twenties out of nowhere was very gratifying to my ego. 
if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I had to really reckon with that. And so long story short, I left that business. I walked away and it was a really, really, really hard decision, but I did it. And in that moment, I went off to launch, you know, I I didn't just leave to have nothing to do. I I was going to go off and work for myself. I wanted to be a one woman consultancy. I just, I wanted to keep it simple. You know, I didn't really have a product. All I knew is that I could help people with what I learned to know in the last seven years when it came to marketing, especially. And so I made this announcement that I was leaving Cheeky to go start Simply Be. And I got, I mean, the announcement was like a social media. It was a Facebook post essentially. And I got clients overnight. I had like a, mm-hmm. a business, a booming business of clients literally within a week. And that was my aha moment about power of a personal brand and that I myself had one. I didn't even realize that I did until that moment. And I thought to myself a few things. I thought, wow, I did this accidentally. Holy crap. What would it look like if I got intentional? Two, people don't really know the truth. Like people don't know the hardships and like the reality of what I've really been through. They, they know the story of my success and that's why they're hiring me. But I felt like in order for me to be in alignment, that's you know a very high value of mine to be authentic, to be truthful, to be transparent, to be in, in integrity. I needed to come clean in a sense that you know I had been on my own journey and that people hadn't really seen the full picture. Of course, with respect to you know my previous business partner and with respect to what I had just walked away from, which was amazing. But I needed to be really, really clear and. The last piece was I wanted to teach other people how to, to use their own personal brands too. I wanted to teach the power of what I knew in the world of marketing, working with the biggest Fortune 500 brands for those seven years, combined with sort of this newfound aha about a personal brand and what that really can do for you when you really do it well and you do it authentically and intentionally. And so that was the start of Simply Be. And I've never really you know, looked back and it's grown tremendously in the last few years. And I think it's because of the authenticity piece to what we do. It's not about likes on Instagram. It's not about how many events you get invited to speak at, although those things are helpful and they're nice and you'd want them to happen, but you can't start there. Mm -hmm. You have to really go within, like building a personal brand is an inside job as much as it is an outside job. Yeah, it's definitely. True. Talk to us a little bit more about that. So for people who are listening and maybe they have a personal brand, because I agree, I think you have a personal brand regardless of what your business or career is. You carry that yeah. with you everywhere and it can evolve and morph. And my goodness knows mine has. Um, but that's been an awesome journey to go on, actually. Very rewarding, sometimes very challenging. But I think a lot of people do think that it is this sort of outside thing. You know, I've got to have this great website and these beautiful color palettes and this strong message, et cetera. But I really love that you said it's an inside job. So do you just want to talk a little bit more about how people can kind of lean into that and what they should be looking for or asking yeah. themselves? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I love the, the logos and the beautiful colors and the, like th- those things are important for sure. But you yourself have to be in resonance. You have to have such a clear, crystal clear foundation of who you are and who you are not in order to make those choices and therefore those choices, like your message, your colors, your website, in order for those choices to have a magnetism to them. Because if you don't have that resonance, it's going to fall flat on a subconscious level to you and your audience. And so to take a step back, you know, 
One of my favorite marketing quotes is in fact rather cheeky and it's uh, your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay. Your vibe attracts your tribe, your vibration, your frequency, your authenticity, because we're all just energy. When you really, really embody who you are unapologetically and do the work to know who you are, the way that you show up in your brand is going to do two things. When you're really vibrating at a high frequency, you're going to polarize people who are not for you and you're going to magnetize people who are, and you don't need to be for everyone. The world has changed by the way. You do not need to have millions of followers on social media to make millions of dollars. I know lots of people who have seven figure businesses with a couple thousand people who follow them. That's all, you know, chuck the vanity metrics out the window. So back to, (laughs) yeah, it really, it's just times have changed. The inside job is really, really a couple parts. You have to unapologetically own what makes you amazing. And that's hard for people. We're so humble and that's okay. That's a good thing that we should be. But the, the human species is in my view, more modest than they are confident. And this isn't an act of cockiness. It's a confidence in owning your greatness and to really accept that it's you. And we all have imposter syndrome, but it's the work of moving through that and owning that you're the expert, that you're the person to hire, you're the leader in the room. And that that's not a professional thing. That's a deeply personal thing for you to trust in yourself, for you to know based on your own unique life path, that you have something very valuable to give other people that no one else has. And that is the work that I always suggest people start with. Like I'm, I'm just coming out with this book, you know, and it's called be a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. And we start with self-worth. The ants, the, the first foundational step is believing that you are worthy of being seen, that you're worthy Mm. of shining that you're worthy of being known and admired and celebrated for your story and success and your value. And that before you can come up with the logo and the message and the social strategy, you've got to believe that first. And so that's why I say it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. And you're, I love what you said, Natalie, like you don't need to have a fancy title at a company. You don't even need to have a sparkling internet presence to have a personal brand. We all have a personal brand. Your personal brand is simply a moniker for your power and how you show up and what makes you, you. And when you become aware of that, it's it's a superpower Mm -hmm. and it can really drive your life online as much as offline on your terms, because you know who you are and there's nothing more powerful and important than that. And the branding is just the dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So Coming back to that then, how do people stay really in line with that? Because there are times when, for example, I know my superpowers through and through that I love making the complex simple, or I just simplify things the heck down and make it easy for people to see their next step and empower them to do it, right? So I know that in my heart of heart, and I have many other superpowers, but there are times when you definitely doubt yourself, or you're just, you're not staying in that strength, or you're not focusing on that, you're focusing on all the other things, the finances, the admin, the team, and you get drawn away from that. So what are some of your personal favorite things to do to make sure that you stay aligned and stay in your power. I'm sure you might mention some of them in the book, but I just love to know when you're doing that for yourself, when you don't wake up in the morning going, I'm on top of the world. In fact, you're like, oh, what am I doing today? 
how does one get themselves back and reframe into stepping into that personal brand power? Such a good question. I think, you know, just to speak logistics for a second. So part of the reason I, I personally get skewed away from my power is just by sheer overwhelm, right? Looking at my day, looking at my to-do list. And I, it's really tough. Sometimes life is busy. We're all really, really busy. And in order for me to come back to what makes me, me, I mean, I, for me, I'm a creative, right? I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. Like I, I need to be sort of in my feminine, right. To really feel like I'm in my own superpower and brand. And the only way that I can tap into my creativity is if I create sacred space for it. If I, you know, have a true morning routine or set aside a couple of hours on the weekend to, to like simply be, I know that sounds cheesy, pun mm-hmm. intended, but you know, listening to music, lighting candles, like using essential oils, journaling. I bought a sketchbook and I have crayons and markers. Awesome. Like when I was a little girl, yeah. like I try and carve out space in my week, less in my day. It's hard to do that in like a single day when you're just things, your schedule gets ahead of you and you just are like, well, I'm not going to have any personal creativity time today just based on my Google calendar, but I can look a couple days ahead, you know, and set aside the Jessica time. And really, honestly, I feel like without working, like creative time for me in, in my business is, you know, writing my book or blogging or creating content or coming up with my next new product. But I find, I have found, this is a journey I've been on in the last year, when I create just to create, when I play just to play, when I dance, like I dance a lot in my apartment, like awesome. by myself, it's my favorite music. I raise my vibration. I draw like when I was a little girl, I journal, you know, I, I, I literally make my senses come alive through scents, oils, candles. I, that really puts me in an energy where I can tap into my innate creative gifts and feminine leadership and what's part of my brand. Mm -hmm. So that's what works for me. And I just think everyone has to sort of find the space and time to prioritize one themselves. And then two, what are the, what are the hacks? What are the things that are going to nourish your soul? And it could probably look a lot different than what nourishes my soul, but ask yourself that question and make a priority, at least within the week. If you get just a couple hours a week, I think you can really recalibrate yourself. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, for me, I open my sliding door here in my office and I just grab the dogs and we just walk straight up into the forest and through the fields because Ah. reconnecting with nature for me is fantastic. But yeah, you've got to find your, you've got to find the thing that works for you and you've got to take yourself off to that space or to that place or to that room or into that sense of being. And I think it's like, rather than waiting for it to happen, you've actually just got to make it happen. This is one of the biggest things that I think I learned from people as well. They're like, but I can't create that space. I'm like, well, you have to, because nobody else is going to do it for you. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So how do we go about marketing ourselves in the true fashion, like simply being us in the digital world? Because I think things have changed a lot. It was honestly so funny. I was in a Facebook group the other day questioning whether I wanted to remain on Facebook and what's the future of business if we didn't have social networks and how can we ensure we protect our brand and also our email list and our assets and keep our community and our clients. And it sparked a really great discussion. And somebody said, oh, you know, you've been around for so long. <laughs> and and I said, oh, I sound ancient. And she's like, no, not ancient wise. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I have been. Because back when I started in 2008, 2009, you know, Facebook was only about four or so years old. Instagram wasn't even around. And it's just so fascinating to see how far we've come. And it's it's crowded. 
There's so much information, there's information overload, there's new tools coming out, new platforms. I, I do feel like the younger generation are jumping onto the TikToks and the reels with enthusiasm. And I'm like, oh, I used to be such an early adopter of this. And now I'm just happy to sort of stay with the things that I know to be true and that I like. But I'm always open to challenge myself on that. So I'm curious if people who are listening who are also overwhelmed or just there's a plethora of things and they don't know where to start or what to focus on. How do you stay true to yourself in this digital world where there's always a bright new shiny object to play with that you think might work with your business or helping you out? You know, you're going to love my book. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm smiling because my book has addresses this this very fact because I'm with you. I mean, yeah. I've been around a while too. You know, I started my career in 2008 and I say this all the time. It was the wild, wild west and it was the mm-hmm. dawn of social and all you had to do was create content and you'd be seen because mm-hmm. no one else was. And now everybody's creating content and it's a competition for attention and it's noisy as hell. And so what I find, so a couple things. So I don't believe that content is king anymore. Okay. It's just not. It's too noisy. The way that you come through the noise. (laughs) Well, I have been cheeky. No, right? No, it it should be. But I I like where you're you're going with that for sure. Power to the women. But my perspective, and in fact, what I write about in my book, my new catchphrase is clarity is king and consistency is queen. And those two things go together. So you have to have a razor sharp message first and foremost to cut through the noise. That is step one. That is the brand identity. That is an unmistakable, crystal clear, less than 30 seconds. I know it's you. Okay. And and my book walks you through how to create that. Like it's a, I have a formula and a methodology that really takes you through understanding your four brand pillars, your slogan, your unique insights. It's called the personal brand hologram. Because branding is an exercise in clarity, as I like to say, but you also are a human being and you have depth. So you can't just be this two-dimensional projection. You're not, you know, Coca-Cola, the brand, or Hyatt Hotels. You're a person, right? So you really have to find that sort of middle ground between your clarity and your depth. And I I help you do that. But back to your question about social media, because I think it's such a good question, because I've seen it change too. I have a chapter in my book called the 10 evergreen principles of social media. And I've, I've been riding the wave of the shiny new object, the, the latest algorithm change, the, the fancy new bells and whistles on Instagram and you know what you can do on Pinterest and Snapchat. And I mean, it's crazy. And in my book, I talk about these principles and, and they're really, you know, what, what's worked 10 years ago, what works today and what I believe will always work. Nice. And some of those, right. Some of those principles include just run through quick, a few of them. I don't know if I can remember all of them, but it's, uh, it's been a minute since I read my own book, but you know, quality, quality over quantity every day of the week, you know, instead of focusing on growing your community, focus on nurturing your community, be accessible, respond to every comment, to every DM. Don't ever take for granted that you're too small or you're too big or someone else is too small or too big. I have forged some of my most valuable I'm talking like have driven my business leaps and bounds by simply responding to someone sending me a DM on Instagram. Like accessibility is a huge one. You want to have tact. Like people utilize social media to talk about politics and talk about their fight with their husband. And like at the end of the day, their internet is written in ink. 
and show up in service and don't make it about your drama or your dirty laundry because then people are ultimately going to unfollow you. And that's really not why people come to the internet. People don't come to the internet to really see how cool you are. People care about themselves. That's really why they come to places like a podcast even or an event or an Instagram channel. So really being tactful with what you say will help create that trust and that consistency in your reputation. So I could go on and on, but these principles really, really don't change. And so Mm -hmm. I encourage those listening. I encourage readers in my book and everyone I I talked to about this, like forget trying to keep up with the social media machine because you're not going to be able to, and just stick to these principles and watch how you grow. It's what's worked for me. It's what's worked for hundreds of my clients. It's it's really the the game today. It's really Mm. about, you know, staying that course of consistency service yeah. and quality and keeping social media social as you said i've 100 fallen into the trap of talking about me or this is what i'm doing i think we all have and then just i actually put it up on my whiteboard the other day which was basically it's all about them it's all about your customers it's all about your clients it's all about your community just yeah. to keep in that frame totally. of mind like how can i show up and be of service today it's all about them where are they at today where can i meet them how can i help them because I, you know, we can use social for other things and other areas. Choose your platforms where you get to have, if you wish, a little bit of a rant or a chat about something that's might not be going right, where you've got support from community. Choose a group that you're in where that's what the purpose of that group is for. But I love your fact of, you know, everything stays in ink on the internet and you choose really wisely about how you want to represent yourself and present yourself and be that kind, generous, loving person who is educating, sharing, being vulnerable, but also being helpful. So, yeah, exactly. I really love those timeless principles. All of the above. Yeah. Um, that said, though, I would love to dive into one particular platform because I know, you know, you're great on Instagram and all these things, but I know that LinkedIn is one of the places that you find really powerful. And I have had my moments as LinkedIn over the years when I started the business in 2008. Actually, the tech company that I co-founded, LinkedIn was our savior because that was where we met all the investors potential customers was everybody that we needed to speak to. And it was newer then. And, you know, it was a great way to connect, had genuine connections on their genuine conversations, meetups, events, all sorts. And then I feel it went down the huge sales route for a long time where it was just selling, selling, selling. And I think it's found sort of another ground. So I'd love to, you know, give it another shot or talk to you about why you love it and why you feel it's really powerful, especially for people who are wanting to build their brand. Such a great question. I'm so happy you asked this. So LinkedIn is definitely having a moment and it's growing. I mean, there's 700 million people on it now. And yeah, it's a lot. And it's more than there ever has been. And LinkedIn got bought out by Microsoft for a billion dollars back in 2017. Okay. Which wasn't that long ago. It was three years ago. And LinkedIn's been around for like 20 years. Mm. In the last few years, because of that buyout, the investments they've made in the platform are, are really exciting. And because people saw it as that sales channel or that like talent recruitment, got to go look for a job kind of place versus a true social network, people are still getting over their perception of what LinkedIn used to be and realizing what it is, which is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Which is a good good thing and a bad thing. You know, it's a good thing because people who are utilizing it to its full capacity are winning because not a lot of people are. People are really, it's easy to shine and cut through because the majority of those 700 million people who are on it are voyeurs. They're not content creators. You know, when I say 
LinkedIn invested in all of these new additions, like you can upload video. I mean, which seems like a, an, okay, but that was a novelty a couple of years ago. You couldn't do that. They have stories. They have, you know, the ability to create really powerful posts and blogs and optimize your profile and showcase your work and your portfolio. They do live streams now. You can, I believe, and I know because I've seen it, but LinkedIn is a place to grow authority. It's a place to be position yourself as a thought leader and as a content creator. And your profile, your absolute number one thing to do on LinkedIn, if you don't do anything, if you don't post, if you don't create content, which I suggest you do, but if you just didn't, then optimize your profile. Tell a holistic story about who you are from your cover photo to your headshot, to your headline, to your about section, to your work experience, to your exemplary media. The number one activity on LinkedIn is looking at profiles. So if you think about your LinkedIn profile as your secondary personal website, like your own landing page, mm, like yeah, you can really position yourself in a way that tells your story for you. I've seen many people, many clients, many friends literally launch businesses using LinkedIn alone, getting tons of clients, people through their funnel growing their network authentically, getting asked to speak on stages just because they're adding value on LinkedIn. They're using the feed, they're posting regularly, like two to three times a week, blogging once or twice a month, sharing a video or two a month, you know, jumping on stories, you know, engaging authentically in in-mail. Like this is a powerful place to be right now. And you just got to think about your brand message, be authentic, be consistent, all the things we've been talking about all, all this episode. And really, really consider LinkedIn and 700 million people is a lot of people. And it's not just for stodgy old executives. It's for creatives, for entrepreneurs, (laughs) for, you know, coaches, it's for artists. Literally, it's got such a wide open playing field. LinkedIn wants that community. And so they've really created a a very different type of user experience. So I, I cannot recommend it enough. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And just how to get started on it. And as you said, you can lurk, you can be a voyeur, you can go to Jessica Spike's profile and you can see how she uses it. And I, you know, I log in every so often and I have tons of notifications, heaps of connections, tons of people who viewed my profile. And I think it's actually up to you to create the intent of how you want to use it and what you get out of it. Because I feel the more intent and energy you put behind any platform, the way it returns it, that's the way it returns it to you. So probably the whole fact that I've had this eh, half in, half out of LinkedIn is that I've got a half in, half out effect, right? Um, And not saying that you have to use it as your platform, but just if you want to use it for what Jessica said, you know, building that authority and respect and making those really true connections, then maybe it's a platform for you. All right. Awesome. I guess this leads me into a little bit more about actually your business and how you've scaled to a seven-figure business as a female entrepreneur and because... I believe it's less than 2% of women-owned businesses have businesses worth a million or more, which is tiny in this world. And just, I would so love to change that statistic. So what does it take to get to seven figures? Is there the secret source or really is it that consistency, clarity that you've been talking about throughout all of this and a determination and vision for what you really want? All of the above. Yeah. And... (laughs) A couple things. I was, I was just speak personally for me. Really learning how to be a leader. That is not something that you learn in school. 
And you certainly don't learn it on the job. I mean, you learn it on the job, but you learn it in a hard way. And I really did the work to prioritize how to be a better leader. I read books. I hired mentors. I hired coaches. You know, I hired people to help me see my business, you know, as a CEO versus being, you know, in the weeds, in the minutiae, which by the way, I still can be. It's not a perfect science, but really learning how to, to delegate, to stop letting go of the need to be liked by everyone. You have to be respected first, you know, learning how to have hard conversations, number one. So leadership for sure. The second piece to this is really being, being unapologetic in my value. Mm. So I'll tell a quick story and I, I hope this is helpful for your audience and they can feel free to steal it. So I was working with a sales coach and this was at the beginning of my company and I was charging about two to $3,000 a month for my services. And we were sitting in this call and, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I feel low. Like I, I wish I could charge more. And she was like, well, what do you want to charge? And I was like, well, I think I would want to charge $7,500 a month. And I just said that like out of the top of my head. And I almost wanted to throw up in my mouth when I said it, because it was such an egregious number. She goes, write that number down on a sticky note and put it on your computer and look at it every day. And so I did for about two or three weeks. And then I was having a call with a prospective client and was on the phone with him. I'll never forget this. And he was like, so I'm, I'm interested. So how much do you cost? And I just said $7,500 a month. Like I just said it. And I did have a feeling that he had, you know, some resources to spend. And he was like, okay, great. Sign me up. And it was like <laughs> within a minute, within a minute, within a second, my market value had increased, right? You set the price. You are as valuable as you say you are. And where there is a value that is high or there is a value insinuated, right? So if I'm $7,500, I got to deliver, of course, but he's thinking to himself, you know, I'm, I'm broadly speaking here, but a person is thinking, wow, this person's really good. This person's really valuable. This person charges a lot for their time. I better show up as a really good client. Like it's interesting how the psychology works. And so I, I increased my pricing. I, I continue to increase my pricing. She told me once, when you have too many people buying from you too fast, it's a sign that you need to increase your pricing. And so that would be number two. And I think to be honest with you, and I, I'm not going to diminish the success of my company and like how hard we worked for this, but I do think timing had something to do with it. I, I definitely have been in the right place at the right time when it comes to personal branding. It kind of like exploded the year I decided to create a company around it. The year of COVID, everyone was getting online. People really needed our help. We grew in COVID. So it's like right place, right time. And I, I can't negate that fact. I don't think if I had started Simply Be as a personal branding business in 2014 versus 2017, 18, it would have scaled as quickly as it did. And I also, I think the last thing I'll say is that we drink our own Kool-Aid. We really are quite unapologetic in our branding. We know who we are. We know who we're not. We walk the walk. We, we promote ourselves online very clearly and consistently. And that has been a huge op funnel for us to really get, you know, the right clients in the door. Beautiful. I love it. I don't have anything more to add. I just think it was so clearly articulated and a, a great example. We've all had those. I've done the same thing. It's really just that I love what you said where, you know, what you value yourself at is the most important thing and you get to decide your value. Yes, a little bit the market and yes, what you offer, but ultimately 
if you're a consultant, you can charge, you know, $100 an hour through to $1,000 an hour and you get to set that value. And would you say that also that moment when you said 7500 you and yourself kind of went up a level in terms of what well, I am going to absolutely offer the best value here. You know, I'm going to go all out for this client. They're going to get amazing results. Do you feel it elevated your level of what you wanted to provide? Absolutely. I mean, the stakes are higher when someone yeah. pays you more money. Yeah. It just is. And so, so everything you rises. want to deliver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a beautiful thing because that's where growth comes from. So even if you're scared or you're on that precipice of, I don't know, you will find that next level because you'll rise to the occasion. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been amazing. I just love to end, I guess, by talking a little bit about your book. Obviously, hopefully people have been listening to this and they're going to go and grab it anyway at the link in the show notes, which I will share. It's always across at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. But where's the best place to find out more about you and the book? Follow you, see your authentic, unapologetic brand in action. You can go to jessicazweig.com and you'll learn all about my story and you can buy my book and you can learn more about my agency, Simply Be. And that's really where you can directly link to, to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all bookstores. And so it's, it's a place to go. And then I spend most of my time on Instagram and LinkedIn when it comes to social media. So you can find me there. I'm very accessible. I love hearing from people. So if you listen to the show and you have more questions or you want to reach out, please do. And my book, you know, is really my methodology that I've built inside my seven figure company that I've really only kept inside my four walls and shared with clients. And now I'm opening it up for the world. And it's, the, it's literally a how-to. It's a part workbook. It, it will take you through tactically step-by-step step how to do this work. I don't think it should be a secret. And I want people to be really empowered to know how this world really works. And so I, I'm just so excited for people to have it in their hands. I'm just Me hard too. to believe it's here. Definitely yeah. going to go grab my copy, honestly, not just saying that. And also you should definitely check out Jessica's videos. I know I watched one of yours on Instagram and I just loved it. You're so real and you're so authentic and you're just like to the camera, like, let's talk about those topics, shall we? Exactly as you are here, which I think is a real skill. So I love that you walk the talk there. Yeah. Thank you Thank so you. much, Natalie. This was such a pleasure and you're just such a light. And I love the way you interview. It's just so perfect. I'm I'm inspired for my show. I have a podcast too, the Simply Be podcast, but I'm learning a lot from being on all these shows and you're just an excellent, excellent conversationalist. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And thank you for being on the Untapped podcast. I really hope that Jessica has inspired you to one, pick up a copy of her book, but also to really consider where you're not turning up right now and being fully authentically you, where you're not really stepping into the power of what you want to talk about and the message you want to share and how you want to serve where you need to be polarizing people so that your raving fans appear because they 100% love what you stand for and what you deliver. And I know that this has been such a powerful journey for me to go on since I left the suitcase entrepreneur behind through into becoming Natalie Sisson and my mission and what I stand for. Trust me, it's a journey, but it is so important for you to reach deep into the heart of you, take the tips that we've talked about in this podcast and really ask yourself the deep questions on are you showing up as you truly want to be? Because the minute you do that, everybody notices and the people who love exactly who you are are going to turn up in your world and be there with you for the long run. They're going to be your best clients, your raving fans, your biggest supporters and advocates, and in turn, you'll get to change their worlds and transform their lives. 
If you've been enjoying listening to the Untapped podcast, please hit rate and review on whatever podcast player you are listening to. We're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, oh my gosh, all over the place, Stitcher, you name it. So it would just be amazing if you do that. And if you are curious about my new book coming up, my third book called Suck It Up Princess, Real Life Strategies to Get Out of Your Own Way and be the heroine of your own life, please head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash books and you can sign up on the early bird interest list. By the time you're listening to this, it might even be available for pre-order online and all the good places. I'm super excited about this and I definitely talk about the power of a personal brand and the story within this book, along with so many other things like imposter syndrome, the art of saying no, self-compassion, so many things. I'm really excited for this book to come out because it is not like my other two and I think it is going to be um, a really great woman's handbag guide to just being your best self. Thank you so much for listening. You can always find every single episode of the Untapped podcast that comes out every single Monday as of 2021 at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>